self-directed IRA companies have networking events. Now, don't you wish you had bought some Zoom stock right after COVID started? So they have networking events on Zoom that are virtual, and they have in-person networking events. Well, did you know 70% of people that have a self-directed IRA account, 70% of them want to loan money to you? That's what they want to do. They want to loan their money to real estate investors. They want to be involved in real estate, but they want to be passive. They want to sit back and do nothing and collect checks. Not a bad plan. That's why I'm a private lender too, using my retirement funds. You're listening to Ice Cream with Investors, a podcast that is dedicated to teaching you how to better invest your money so that you can live a more intentional life. I'm your host, Matt Four, and it is my goal to teach and empower you to remove the roadblocks to your financial success. Jay, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me along to talk about my favorite subject on the planet, and that is private money and private lending. Yeah, absolutely. But before we get there, we like to start with the difficult questions here. What's your Uh favorite ice cream? My favorite ice cream, my lands, there's like so many flavors to choose from. You know, man, it's got to be strawberry. I just love strawberry ice cream. And I don't want it mixed up with any of that vanilla and chocolate stuff. (laughs) I want unadulterated strawberry. Okay. Are you a toppings guy? It depends on if my ice cream is like in a cup or a bowl. So I ain't putting any toppings on my cone because that's going to get all messy, right? So, yeah, I'm a toppings kind of guy if my ice cream's in an ice cream bowl. Okay. If you get a bowl, what's your go-to topping? Oh, my. Well, do I get more than one? You can have more than one. (laughs) Well, you know, I love hot fudge. Hot fudge. I love hot fudge. I love nuts, but I don't want any nuts on my ice cream. I mean, that's like nuts and ice cream. Come on, they don't go together. And, you know, I'm not a sprinkles kind of guy. I don't need any sprinkles. But I like lots of cherries, right? Yeah. So what are they called? Mancino cherries? I don't know yes. what they're called. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's cherries and fudge, and I'm good to go, man. I mean, I love that so good. I can rub that in my hair. <laughs> I love it. Well, tell our listeners, what's the scoop? What do you do today? What am I doing today? Well, I live, my wife, Carol Joy, and I live in this really, really small town in eastern North Carolina called Moorhead City, North Carolina. Population 8,000 people. And our total market has only got 40,000 people, 40,000 people. But I'm doing two to three deals, two to three houses a month with an average profit of $74,000 in this little teeny tiny market. So if you run those numbers, 74 grand per deal, two or three a month, those numbers work, right? They really work when you can automate your business and actually work in the business 10 hours or less a week like I do. So those are the number of deals that we're doing. So it's not like, I mean, I've never wholesaled a deal in my life. I know how to wholesale a deal, but I'm in such a small area. I ain't got nobody to wholesale it to, (laughs) right? So I just stay in all the deals. And plus, I like $74,000 better than $7,400 or $12,000 assignment fee. I'm rehabbing most of the houses. Most of my deals are funded with private money because in the real world, Most sellers require all the cash. And of course, I'm not talking hard money. I'm talking private money, getting money from human beings, from individuals. But I do creative financing as well. I've bought a ton of houses over the years. I've been doing this since 2003, full time. And, you know, I bought a lot of houses on terms, buy them subject to the existing note, 
buying with seller financing, that type of thing. But you know, my statistics show after reviewing thousands of property lead sheets and informational properties from sellers, only 13% of all those for sale by owners will sell to me creatively. So what do the other 87% require? All the money. You know, some people say, well, Jay, I don't need any private money. I just want to be in the pretty house business. I don't want to be in the renovations and all that. Well, that's fine. If you want to miss out on 87% of the deals, obviously everything in the multiple listing service, auctions, bank-owned properties, short sales, all that stuff are going to require the cash. But 87% of the for sale by owners require all the cash. So private money is the key. And so that's what my business is sort of looking like these days. Yeah, I can't wait to get into the private money strategies that you have. But before we get there, take us back to 2003. Where did your real estate journey begin? So I was actually raised in the mobile home business. And you being a Tennessee boy yourself, I know you know what a mobile home house trailer is. I've seen one or two. (laughs) I mean, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Texas, you know, sort of the capital areas of mobile homes. Well, I was raised in that business. So I was brought up being around helping people own a home, affordable housing. Well, in 2003, pretty much all the consumer financing for that product went away. And I was with this company. And we woke up one morning and had $22 million wholesale dollars product and no way to finance it. So it's a whole lot more fun starting a company than shutting down a company. So while we were shutting down that company, I started in real estate, in single family houses. So my first year, I only did three deals. But you know, back then, Matt, I'm not sure you were born in 2003. But anyway, back then in 2003, if you could fog a mirror, I mean, you were like living and breathing, you could go to the local bank. Not today, but you could go to the local bank back then and get unsecured money, unsecured lines of credit if you had a decent credit score. So that's what I did. I went to the local bank in 2003. They gave me a $250,000 unsecured line of credit. So here I am with $250,000 burning a hole in my pocket, wanting to go buy something. So that's how I started out. But I tell you what, Matt, times changed. Have mercy. I remember like it was yesterday, the first six years I was using the local bank. But in January 2009, Matt, uh, like, you know, I didn't just wake up one morning and say, hey, I think I'll go raise some private money. No, I mean, doesn't all the growth and quantum leaps in your business take place when you got a problem going on and you just got to figure it out? Well, you know, here in North Carolina, we actually still have landlines, if you can believe it. We have landlines in North Carolina. And so I picked up my phone in January. I had two deals under contract to buy, two houses, and I called up my banker. And I learned very quickly in that conversation that I had been shut down. My lines of credit were like gone. And it's like, what in the world? I asked my banker, I said, why are you shutting down my line of credit? He says, well, we're just not loaning money out to real estate investors. Well, you know, I didn't know there was a global financial crisis going on. But when he told me that, now I got my own crisis going on, right? These deals under contract. So I knew I had to learn a better and quicker way to fund my deals. So I called up my buddy, Jeff in Greensboro, North Carolina. He was a real estate investor at the time. I said, told Jeff what had happened. He said, well, welcome to the club. I said, what club? He said, the club of losing your line of credit at the bank. I said, well, what are we going to do? 
And he mentioned private money for the first time. Never heard of private money up until then. Never heard of self-directed IRAs. I mean, that's so important to learn about that because I got 44 private lenders right now funding my deals. Got about eight and a half million dollars in private money that we just moved from Project. Well, over half of them are using retirement funds to fund our deals. So anyway, that's how it started. I was up against the wall, didn't have a way to fund, but you know what? Here's a writer downer. I had a, a mantra that came to my mind when that phone call, I was on the phone with my banker and the mantra was, Jay, it's impossible for you to fail unless you choose to quit. And so quitting was not an option. And so again, my business exploded, Matt. I mean, my business exploded that first 12 months of getting pri- In fact, I raised $2,150,000 in less than 90 days of losing my line of credit at the bank. And that first 12 months, of course, back then, you know, foreclosures were just rampant, but the banks wouldn't loan money. So you had to have the cash to do the deals, even though there were so many foreclosures. So with this private money, I was able to pick and choose the deals I wanted. Mine and Carol Joy, my wife, Carol Joy's in my business, tripled, tripled our first 12 months. We netted over a million dollars in profit that next 12 months in a down market because we had access to the funding. And, you know, having access to the funding is the most important thing, even more important than the interest rate that you pay. But I tell you, I love private money. I mean, you make the rules. The lender doesn't make the rules. You teach them about private money. You know, Matt, I've never asked anybody for money. People say, Jay, how do you have all that private money? You never ask anybody for money. I put on my teacher hat and I teach them about private money. I've never pitched a deal since I started using private money in 2009. I mean, if I bring a deal to a new private lender and teach them the private lending program, I'm already sounding desperate. So the money comes first, teach them the private lending program, how they can earn high rates of return safely and securely. They tell you how much they got. Maybe they need to be introduced to a self-driven IRA company to move retirement funds if they're going to use some of the retirement funds. Then you bring a deal back and you tell them you got good news. Where's the house located? What's the after repaired value? What's the funding required? And tell them they need to wire their funds next Thursday because that's when closing is. I don't ask them if they want to do the deal. Of course they want to do the deal. They've told me how much money they got and they're waiting for the phone call because they're not making any money as long as the money is sitting in their account. I love it. I want to take us back to the line of credit getting shut down because I think we were joking before the show here that over the past five years, really, I mean, heck, 10 years, money has been very easy to go secure and people have gotten a little bit sloppy without figuring out how they're going to get additional sources of funding because they could always go to the bank and get more money. As we enter the back half of 2022 here and go into 2023 here, it would not be surprising to me if a lot of these lines of credits get shut down and liquidity starts to be sucked out of the system. So I guess let's start this conversation with, tell us for our listeners that have never heard the money, the term private money before, what is private money and how does it differ from hard money? Yeah, well, you said it right there, Matt. In other words, private money does not equal hard money. Now, a lot of hard money lenders and brokers, and by the way, I've got great friends that are hard money lenders and brokers. And if you don't have access to private money, then, you know, having access or relationship with a hard money lender is better than nothing. But 
there's so much difference in hard money and private money. You know, most of the time, a hard money lender is a broker of money. They've gone out and raised money from individuals just like I do. You know, I just circumvent the hard money lender broker and go straight to the source. Well, the hard money lender broker goes out and raises money and the private lenders that they raise money from, the private lenders invest money in the hard money lenders fund. Then the hard money lender loans that money out to you, the real estate investor, and they're making money on money. So what are the big differences? Well, first of all, and there's a lot of differences, but here's the big ones. First of all, interest rate. What kind of interest rate do you pay a hard money lender versus private lender? Well, right now, the national average that individuals are getting is 8%. That's what I pay my private lenders is 8%. Well, national average on hard money now is around 14%. Some are 10, some are 12, some are 14, some are more. 15% and more, some are 18%. The average 14%. So number one, you got a big difference in the interest rate. Number two is origination fees, also known as points. And an origination fee or a point, of course, is a percentage of the loan amount that you got to bring to the closing table. Well, your average private, I mean, your average hard money lender is charging four points now. Some are two, some are five, some are six, you know, average is four. Well, if you're borrowing $100,000, 4% or four points, that's $4,000 of closing costs, additional closing costs, you've got to bring to the closing table. Private lender, there's never any points. There's never any origination fees. I've never paid origination fees to my private lenders. So I'm still at 8%. On hard money, we're already up to 18%. The third big difference is what's called extension fees. So, you know, most hard money loans and notes are either six months or nine months. Now, if you have been making your payments on time, they may extend your note. But if they extend your note, what do they want? More money. So there's extension fees. National average is about 2% to extend. I know one hard money lender that if you haven't cashed out in 12 months, they're going to charge you 3% additional every 90 days. That gets expensive really, really fast. So there are no extension fees in the world of private money. I mean, the private lenders don't even want the money back because they know if they get it back, they just stop making money until you go to another deal. So another big difference is how much money is the lender going to advance you or give you when you buy a property? Well, hard money lender, they're only going to give you like 65% to 80% of the purchase price, no matter how good the deal is. Well, who's got to come up with the rest of the money? You do as the borrower, right? Well, in this world of private money, all my private money deals are actually no money down deals to me because I never bring any of my own money to the closing table. The private lender funds 100% of the purchase. If there are renovations involved, they fund 100% of that when you buy. And in addition to that, because we're buying at discounted prices, I'm also able to bring home when I buy. I mean, who wants to get paid to buy properties, right? I'm able to bring home a big check every time I buy, and I can pull some equity out of it simultaneously. So, you know, it just puts you in control. Your credit score's got nothing to do with how much private money you can get. That's because it is what's called a collateralized note. So I'm not borrowing unsecured money. I'm borrowing secured money. I give the private lenders the same protection that a bank would get. But 
your credit score. Your hard money lender is going to pull your credit. Private lenders don't check out your credit. There's no verification of income because it's a collateral note. And in the world of private money, there's no hurry to pay it back. As with hard money, there are going to be much shorter term notes. In fact, I've sold a lot of homes on rent to own or lease purchase that were funded by private money, right? So I'm able to positively cash for those deals. Another big one, there's no limit to the number of private lenders you can have or use or the amount of private money you can have. Your hard money lender, I promise you, is going to have a limit as to the amount of money that you can borrow and how many deals you can be doing simultaneously. Well, in the world of private money, you can do as many deals as you want. And then if that's not good enough, closing quickly with private money, I close deals within seven days of going under contract. When my private lender is using a self-directed IRA and funding my deals, I get my deals funded in three days. Well, a hard money lender can't move that fast. Most of them, you're pretty much looking at three weeks best case in order to close. So it just puts you in control of business when you're using private money. Yeah, a couple of things that you said there that I want to make sure I highlight is origination points. I mean, you're right. I have seen four to six points origination now as the credit market's starting to tighten up. Higher interest rates and getting your credit pulled. I think people don't realize that when you get your credit pulled a number of different times, it's going to harm your credit score. And then if you have something personal you want to go do, whether it be buy a car, buy a house or any other thing like that, now all of a sudden you're paying more on that money as well. So every flipper, wholesaler, anybody that's involved actively in real estate is always trying to work themselves to private money. And you're out there teaching folks how they can go find and identify private money investors. Could you talk us through some of the different ways that you have been successful finding private money lenders in the past? Sure. Well, there's three primary categories of private lenders. I mean, where are these people, right? Well, the first category are what we call your warm market. Your warm market And I'll unpack each of these categories here in a second. So your warm market, second category is what I call your expanded warm market. And the third category is what I call existing private lenders, individuals that are already loaning money out, either from their investment capital and or their retirement funds. Well, how do you find those people? Well, let's go back to your warm market. Who is your warm market? Well, I can tell you, you know a lot more people than you think you know. Warm market, everybody in your cell phone is a potential private lender, right? They just don't know it yet, right? So everybody in your cell phone, people on your email list, people, where else do you have contacts? How about all that social media? How about your Facebook friends? And I don't mean your fake Facebook friends. I mean people that you actually know. I know you look in your Facebook and you go, who in the world is that? They're a friend. How in the world did that happen? Anyway, real people that you're connected with or social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, Snapchat, whatever all that stuff is, right? Anybody that you're connected with, more social stuff. I mean, who? what groups are you a member of? Where do you go to church? All those fellow church members. If you don't go to church, maybe you should start going to church, right? So, and then there's the Rotary Club civic groups. Who do you play poker with on Thursday night? I don't know. Who's your next door neighbor, right? So anybody and everybody you know is a potential private lender. Well, I teach my students to do it just like I do. You got all those people. Well, how do you narrow that down? Who do you put at the top of your list? Well, I can tell you what should be at the top of your list are retired people. 
because a retired person, there's a chance they got retirement funds and they may not be getting high rates of return safely and securely. So you can teach them about private money. So that's your own connections. Then in addition to that, there's what's called your expanded more market. Well, what's an expanded more market? Well, I teach my students all the time how to grow your network. And, you know, it's an old cliche. The value of your network is directly correlated to your net worth, right? So how to network, how to grow your network, right? Get involved in your community, right? If you're not in a civic group, get in a civic group. How about the Chamber of Commerce, right? i tell you where I have raised a lot of private money from people that I had I didn't know prior to joining, and that's BNI, which stands for Business Networking International. And I go there as the real estate investor. There ain't nobody else in BNI in that local chapter that's a real estate investor. Well, why do I want to go there as a real estate investor? So I can teach my fellow BNI members what private money is and what private lending is. So either they want to do business with me or they can refer their friends that are not having high rates of return safely and securely. So expand your own connections. The third category, as I said, are existing private lenders. Well, how do you find them people? Well, don't do it the way I started. So when I started raising private money, I hired my real estate attorneys, paralegal, to search public records here in my local county looking for individuals on public record that were loaning money out and securing their notes by deeds of trust or a mortgage, as it is in most cases or most states. Well, in 90 days, she found two people. I said, hmm, got to be a better, quicker way. So here's a better and quicker way. Did you know that self-directed IRA companies, and Matt, I don't know if there's a self-directed IRA company that you recommend, but now would be a good time to say whoever that is. I certainly have one. But self-directed IRA companies have networking events. Now, don't you wish you had bought some Zoom stock right after COVID started? So they have networking events on Zoom that are virtual, and they have in-person networking events. Well, did you know 70% of people that have a self-directed IRA account 70% of them want to loan money to you. That's what they want to do. They want to loan their money to real estate investors. They want to be involved in real estate, but they want to be passive. They want to sit back and do nothing and collect checks. Not a bad plan. That's why I'm a private lender too, using my retirement funds. So they have networking events. In fact, I am speaking at a national convention later on this week at a self-directed IRA company, they're expecting over a thousand people at that event. Can you imagine going to an event where over 700 people are walking around wanting to loan you money? So you network with those people, right? And establish relationships. So those are the main categories as to where you can find them. For my students, I got a pretty nifty deal. Years ago, I hired some very, very sophisticated software developers, and we actually put together my own private lender data feed that we update every month, and we get every private lender loan that's closed in the past 30 days all across the nation. You can go into my data feed and put in your zip code and search for all the private lenders and and notes around your area and anywhere in the nation. And so that's pretty nifty as well. It's a quick way to to get access and 
contact information to existing private lenders. Yeah, that's a pretty cool tool. And all of that is public information, but sourcing that public information is a little tough. One of the things you mentioned was self-directed IRAs. So we've had people on the show in the past talk about how you can actually use your retirement funds to invest outside of publicly traded securities and bonds. And some people direct those towards real estate. There's a couple out there, Quest, Rocket Dollar, but I would love to hear, you sound like you have a recommendation. Who do you recommend for that if somebody is listening and wants to be able to do that? You just said it, Quest. So I have done business with more than one self-credit IRA company where I would refer my new private lenders that have retirement funds to, you know, I would introduce them to my connections at Quest. The actual name of the company is questtrust.com. And that's two T's back to back, www.questtrust.com. They're phenomenal. I had all my private lenders move their funds from a other that will go unnamed, another self-directed IRA company that their customer service got so bad. I had to move all over to Quest. And I tell you what, my private lenders that have their retirement accounts at Quest, I get my deals funded in three days. Three days I get funding. Phenomenal customer service. And it is Quest Trust that is having their first annual convention. Of course, by the time this show goes live, that will have come and gone. But hopefully they'll be all up and running and doing that annual event. I mean, you want to go to the Quest Trust annual convention. And look, throughout the year, they have Zoom virtual networking events. So you can actually go to their website and look to see when their upcoming virtual networking events are. And you can go right there on Zoom and network with people that want to loan you money. How about that? Beautiful. You've mentioned that you raise private money for your deals, but also are a private investor as well, or private fund investor as well. Talk to us about some of the benefits and why you are also a private money investor as well. Yeah. So I don't use my own liquid capital for lending out. I just use my retirement funds. And the reason I do is because I just don't like being in the stock market with my retirement funds, because the stock market is so volatile. Like, you know, you invest in the stock market, either with your investment capital or your retirement funds. What you invest in, mutual funds, stocks, whatever, you already lost money. You got to pay fees. You got to pay commissions. And the value is less tomorrow than it is today. But in this world of private money, the principal loan amount remains the same on the deal And I know exactly what the return is going to be. And it's so safe. You know, I don't loan money out to other real estate investors unless it's collateralized by the mortgage or deed of trust. I typically don't loan more and I don't borrow more than 75% of the after repaired value. I didn't say 75% of the purchase price, 75% of the after repaired value. So when it comes to my own retirement funds, I know what kind of rate of return I'm going to get. It's reliable, and I just know what the future holds, and there's no question mark as to what my retirement fund is going to be worth. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think when you look at people that are out there evangelizing ETFs in the stock market, they say, oh, average 7% return. What they don't take into account is where you are in that sequence of returns on when you're going to get your 7%. So for example, in 2021, I think we saw the stock market go up 21%. And this year, it's down 25%. 
So essentially, we're at the same level or below where we were at this point two years ago. So you really haven't made any money. And to your point, you've paid commissions, fees, and things like that. So in my opinion, it's always better to get a consistent return other than a volatile return if you can, or at least have a portion of your portfolio that way. And in this world of private money, that's what it does. You know exactly what the return is going to be. It doesn't go up and then go down. I mean, it's just like putting your cruise on 60 miles an hour and you know how fast you're going to get there. Yep, absolutely. Well, Jay, fantastic conversation. I mean, hopefully this is opening some eyes to folks out there that are tied up through bank mortgages or lines of credit to really start thinking about how they go access private money. I want to switch us now, though, into the last round. We're calling this the five toppings. Our first one is, what is your favorite? Five toppings. Hey, we're keeping the ice cream theme here. We're keeping the ice cream theme. What is your favorite book or what is a book you've read recently that's given you a paradigm shift? Oh, wow. So my favorite book that had the biggest impact on me, particularly when I was 24 years old, is called The University of Success. University of Success it's still in print, and the uh, author is Og Mandino, and it's like he has all these different contributors and authors. It's mostly about personal development and mindset, because, you know, you can have all the knowledge. You can learn all about private money, but unless you got your head screwed on right and you've got the confidence to implement what you know, it's not going to do you any good. So that book was just a phenomenal transformation for me. New one for me, so I'll have to go check it out. Our second one is, I believe that the person you become 10 years from now is directly correlated to the habits that you have and the things you do every day. What are some of the things that you do every day? Well, first of all, I get up, I brush my teeth, and the first thing I do is 30 minutes of meditation. I call it self-observation. So I do 20 minutes of uh, about 15 minutes of induction, which is self-hypnosis where I'm actually focusing on my feet, my legs, my thighs, my chest, my heart, my arms. I'm doing a countdown of 10 to zero and then five to zero at each area. And that takes about five minutes. And by the time I'm in it for 15 minutes, I'm in not beta, but I'm in either alpha or theta brainwaves. And it's in that state that you can actually change the programming of your subconscious mind. So in that last 10 to 15 minutes, I'll be focusing on anything that I want to improve. I'll be focusing on the goals that I have coming up. And so that 30 minute of meditation, then straight to the Stairmaster. I love Stairmaster. I know that sounds like painful, but I don't Stairmaster for the health benefits, even though there certainly are. I Stairmaster for getting the blood flowing to my brain. And I'm on top of the day. I'm sharper. I'm convinced nobody can outthink me because my blood is flowing, right? So the meditation, the Stairmaster, and then scheduling intentional breaks throughout your day. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're self-employed, taking that, you know, 10 to 15 minute breather and getting up from your desk and just going and hanging out are just as important as all those other appointments that you have on your calendar. In addition to that, I pretty much don't believe in to-do lists. In my world, unless it gets on the calendar, it doesn't get done. So anything that's worthwhile and needs to be done, I get it scheduled on my calendar. I love it. You said the Stairmaster. I'm laughing because I'm a runner. I'm a cyclist. I'm an endurance athlete. 
But boy, climbing up a flight of stairs is the most humbling activity for me. I always get tired <laughs> climbing up stairs. Our third one is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice I ever received, I wish I had received it before I started this business. <laughs> so my first six years in the business, I just did it by reading books. The best advice I ever received is when you're starting something new, get a mentor, get a coach, work with someone that's already been down that road and do not go down the road by yourself. You know, I say, you know, you're either going to pay for your education by making big, expensive mistakes, or you're going to work with someone that can hold your hand that's been down the road. Books are fantastic, but working with someone, you know, getting a, a local coach or mentor that's been doing it, that can answer your questions is the way to go. 100% agree with that. Our fourth one is, what is the thing that you're most proud of in your life? <laughs> I haven't been asked that question in a while. Well, I guess what I'm most proud of is I was the drum major of the Wake Forest University marching band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For three years, sophomore, junior, senior. Yeah, I was about 50 pounds lighter, too. Not much drum majoring going on today. But yeah, I love the band. That was my fraternity, if you will. And I mean, man, you know, going out there and having, you know, about 40,000 people cheering you on, that will get you excited and stoked. What instrument did you play? I was trombone player, but okay. I only did that from high school and freshman year in college. From thenceforth, sophomore through senior year, I was waving my arms as hard as I could and blowing yeah. a whistle. <laughs> my brother was in the University of Virginia band, so that is a big, big accomplishment to be the drum major and to be the lead <laughs> person out there. Our fifth one is, if you could sit down and eat a bowl of ice cream with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? So it would be the author of University of Success, Og Mandino. He's gone. He's passed. But you did say dead or alive, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to get inside of Og Mandino's head. I mean, he was back in the day. He was the personal development guy, much like, you know, Dale Carnegie winning friends and influencing people. Jim Rohn was another big one on personal development. He's passed on. But any of those guys that set the benchmark on personal development, I just love personal development because after all, if you don't have that, you can't implement what you know. That's right. Well, Jay, fantastic conversation. If our listeners wanted to reach out to you and learn more about some of the systems you teach and all of that around private money, where is the best place we could point them? Man, I'm so excited about this private money guide I just finished writing. And uh, your listener can download it for free, right? The name of this private money guide, anybody that wants to get started in private money for their deals, or they're a new real estate investor or seasoned real estate investor, well, this private money guide is called Seven Reasons Why Private Money Will Skyrocket Your Real Estate Business and Help You Build Incredible Wealth. You can download it for free at www.jcommer, and I'm an ER, not an OR, so Jay Connor, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash money guide. That's money guide, one word, Jay Connor, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash money guide. Download it for free. Perfect. We will put that link in the show notes. And then Jay, thanks for coming on the show. Matt, thank you so much, man. Thank you for listening to Ice Cream with Investors. If you like what we serve you here, it would mean the world to me if you would like, subscribe, and leave a review on your favorite podcast app.